I know. I'm not certain we're gonna be able to top that run there. I know. I think yeah. that's the funniest thing we can come up with. <laughs> that is like, yeah. Taliban got ten. Too bad, but you know, not a Mark Wahlberg podcast. Not this season, <laughs> not, at least. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the award-winning podcast, The Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute, undeniable, and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actor's esteemed career. I'm Don Saunderson. Oh, and I'm Patrick Remyon. Woo. Welcome to The Academy. Woo, woo, woo. Woo, 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 woo. Uh, Patrick, we're taking to the skies this week oh, yeah. into absolute barn burner pictures. I mean, uh, two slappers Two, yeah, I think slapper banger, whatever terminology you feel like using could be applied to both of these films. These are, they just watching them. I was like, this is a good time. This yeah. is just a good time. I'm having a good time watching these movies. I uh, haven't felt this much joy in a while. Watching yeah. it. Like it was just like, damn, like even compared to like, not that the other Wesley Snipes film, because the other Wesley Snipes films have been pretty good, good so far. Yeah. But these two are like, just like you let you just you let Cal you let Florida wash over you. These movies yeah. are just you're just you're just those Florida vibes just thrive in these films. And I mean, love it. when you want to put together just a ragtag group of guys and gals <laughs> to do some extreme sports, everyone is invited in these movies. Oh, for sure. Like the only thing all these pe- disparate people have in common is their love for skydiving and their uh, desire to vote for Jimmy Buffett. And their complete lack of vulner, you know, lack, you know, lack of um, modesty when it comes to some of those jumpsuits. <laughs> they're letting it all hang out. Some yeah, of those tight jumpsuits. <laughs> yeah, and just... folks, they're not all Wesley Snipes <laughs> in terms oh. of their fitness. <laughs> my, my dude Rex Lynn is like, yeah, I'm a middle-aged man, but I like jumping out of planes too. <laughs> Yeah, I'm look like an alternate reality Richard Karn. Yeah. <laughs> I look like yeah, ultimate my ultimate I thought, Spider-Man. I thought, I thought we were skydiving over DC. We're busting some terrorists now. All right, I'm in. All right, <laughs> all right, boys, let's do. Oh, I've been shot. <laughs> yeah, that was quick. He, although, although he gets to like help in the end, yeah, he does get to help. They, well, that you know. An Academy Academy favorite. They all get their moments. Everybody on the team gets something to do. Uh, speaking of the team, though, mm-hmm. boy, long time no see on today's episode. Oh, man. Re- Resident Academy Academy bad boy. French Lieutenant's woman's number one fan. <laughs> Adam Mushkatel returns to the podcast. Welcome, Adam. Uh, hello. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, the bad boy. I'm the lover. I, you know, I still I haven't seen that movie again, but I still have a fondness in my heart for French Lieutenant's Woman. Um, this week's stuff was way more my speed. I, I love these movies. Um, there was, yeah, uh, you know, the first set of movies you sent me, I mean, I enjoyed the French Lieutenant's Woman, I thought it was a delight. Yeah. But uh, the Iron Lady, ooh, that was a that was a rough one to get through. There was ooh. nothing but exciting fun to be had uh, in these two movies. She it, was, it was a great time. She should have sent John Cutter to the Falkland Islands. That war would have been over quicker. <laughs> I'll just be he would have taken out those bad boys with some nice lines too. You would you would say something. You would you get a nice little close up on the camera and say something cool. Yeah, oh. yeah. I mean it. These two are showcases for our man, Wesley Snipes, oh, yeah. just to be 
completely rad. Yeah, this is like the cool <laughs> dude bracket. This is this might be the cool dude bracket because these yeah. are just like two two examples of him being just a cool dude. <laughs> yeah, is he is he bad at anything? Well, saving his his wife or his brother from death but other than that he's, he's quite in, in successful pre-movie or or early movie he's very bad at at saving people and yeah. that helps to motivate him into wanting to save everybody else he's he's momentarily bad at skydiving we, I gotta but say, he, he gets over that pretty quick it's it's so crazy like we gotta just just to start off really quickly um it's crazy that he's his brother is like his partner that's that's insane. <laughs> we'll get to it. We have to ask Adam his. We have to talk about Adam's snipe saga. But I have to say that is like like the Saving Private Ryan rules. You shouldn't have well, your brother Pete, as your partner. Pete, Pete Nessip's job is vague. But actually, both of their John Cutter and Pete Nessip's official jobs are fairly vague <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. But of course. We are talking about Passenger 57 from 1992 and Drop Zone from 1994, peak 1990s action movies, if you ask me. And of course, you know, we want to dive into these. There's a lot to break down, a lot to talk about. Passenger 57, 84 minutes. I mean, <laughs> tight. Like, I mean, where is that? You know, if they put out a Spider-Man movie that was 84 minutes long, they'd probably break the world. They would be like, wow, they did it. You don't need to make a two and a half hour movie. 84 minutes, take care of business. An evil British assassin terrorist. Give it give it to me. Um, but before we dive into Passenger 57, before we dive into Drop Zone, Adam, we got to know, what is your Snipes saga? First introduction to Snipes, Snipes memories, favorite Snipes movies. Well, um, I... I- think they're all going to be basically the same answer because there is a single movie um, that Patrick uh, knows well that I uh, uh, love of Wesley Snipes mm. because I publicly called him a coward if I were not to be invited for that episode. I have not been invited for that episode. Um, that movie is Demolition Man. Yeah. I absolutely love that movie. Wesley Snipes is a genius uh, in that film. It's it's one of the craziest action movies I've ever seen in my life. And uh, and he gives an absolutely stellar performance. Uh, but for some reason, I've just stuck with Demolition Man. I've just watched that a lot of times. I haven't really dove in on the, the outside of Demolition Man, Wesley <laughs> Snipes' uh, oeuvre. Like, I, I don't really think I've seen any other Wesley Snipes well, movies. Well... You gotta, you gotta remedy that, man, because he is a wild man. <laughs> this, oh, he's great. He's he great. is. Oh, Do yeah. you think, based on Demolition Man, he should have played Joker? He would have done a great job. Yeah, he would have I done know. a fantastic job. He's yeah. got the manic energy. That's what you need. You need to just have and so many of so much of what he does in his movies, he's just making that shit up. Nobody <laughs> is asking. He is telling them like, <laughs> I don't care what you wrote. I'm just gonna say whatever I want to say, and gonna... uh, it's great. Every yeah, time. cool lines and spin kicks. I mean, you don't need hell of a lot more than that to make an entertaining movie. But yet, I mean, Demolition Man, Patrick, much like in previous seasons, um, remember Devil's Advocate, how often that came up? Yeah. And Pacino and uh, was the, the Streep was Julian, was Julian, Devil Wears Prada was the mm. Streep one that everybody 
mentioned as kind of the one that they remember. So Demolition Man has lasting impact on <laughs> generations, I guess. I think so. I think it's like one of those movies that was like on high rotation on either uh, AMC or TNT or sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I feel like I watched that movie on cable a lot. Like I've probably seen Demolition Man multiple times uh, on like sci-fi at like 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a blast. No oh, question yeah. about it. Oh yeah, my my thing. I was a a big. I, I still am uh, a big fan of just all of the '80s action stars. Um, you know, Van Damme, Schwarzenegger, Stallone. Um, I've dove deep into each of their careers and uh so it came through stallone that i got into demolition man that was that was my entrance point which is why uh maybe i've i've neglected the wesley snipe side of things uh because i just didn't he's more of a 90s action star which is not exactly you know my vibe well i mean demolition man you know to your credit is a key stallone film too you know as well i mean there would be no simon phoenix without john spartan (laughs) Two sides of the same coin, really. Two side, you know, uh, heroes and villains, boy. Yep. You know, cops and robbers, not yeah. doing much different from each other. Yeah, and but... they are very, it's a very Batman and Joker relationship. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the John sure. Spartan, Simon yeah. Phoenix. They eat each other. It's almost like what would happen if Batman and Joker were real? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, a lot of people have said Demolition Man is a more grounded, realistic <laughs> yeah. movie compared realistic. to super realistic. Film. Well, as we all re- as we all remember, 15 years ago, Los Angeles was a war zone. It was yeah. a it was yeah. <laughs> it was a absolute nightmare of a, of a city where there was no no law. And we've been imprisoning people in cryogenic uh, hockey pucks for mm-hmm. quite a while. Yeah. Now, yeah. I mean, the Unabomber's in there right now. Yeah, As we speak, yeah, Chapo is in there. You know? <laughs> All the most dangerous terrorists yeah. we put into cryo sleep to keep them, you know, if we need them. Yeah, if we, in case you need that. I mean, Charles yeah. Rain probably should have been in one of those ice oh, cubes. He would have been. He would have done great in the future in Demolition Man. He would have had a hell of a time. He, he, oh, yeah. I th- yeah, I think he he would have embraced. <laughs> embraced all of it including the taco bell yeah just eating oh, yeah. taco bell bullying that guy in the in the kimono around yeah. would have had a blast i'll say one thing for charles he was always very complimentary of all the places he was he didn't he was you know there was a tone of derision but he was always like thank you for the wonderful time that we've had mm-hmm. or like you know i love i love this this little town it's been nice here like it's you know he was he was gentlemanly he was also kind of a gentleman to john cutter even you know once he realized he was a worthy adversary there was an element of like oh i'm enjoying this i can't you're 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 disappointing me if you're not doing well because i'm anticipating an equal here yeah yeah but um i mean the i think these two adam are probably the closest I mean, we might run into some others, but these really kind of, despite being 90s movies, do play in the same sandbox for sure. as some of the 80s action movies. Do. Yeah, I mean, you got Busey in there, right? Off yes. The top. You know, he was, he was a, you know, he, he shot into stardom, I think, in the 90s uh, for a brief <laughs> moment, but is really kind of a classic 80s supporting character kind of a guy. Just an insane actor who manages to get into the movies somehow and, and it just steals the spotlight. He steals everything he's in. I love him so much, to be perfectly honest. Uh, <laughs> the last scene uh, in Drop, his last scene in Drop Zone, one of the most beautiful oh, moments. Is his, his ending, which we will talk about in a bit. <laughs> it, 
I, I leapt out of my seat. It I leapt out of my seat. I, I, I showed it to my roommates. I, had, I was like, you guys got to see this. It's, it was, it was absolutely bonkers. It was, yeah. I've, I, I've never I, seen anything like it. I want to make you scream my cell phone ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> I want that to, I want that to be how people like, no, oh, you know, there's the Gary Busey scream means Patrick's around. But there's like there's almost like it's like both Busey and Tommy Lee Jones are in under siege with Seagal and it's con- widely considered Seagal's best movie but not because of Seagal but because Seagal, Busey and Jones are like oh you're just gonna let us go all right let's get into it and they start they're just overacting their asses off and it's a beautiful they they make for beautiful rivals to old stone face Steven Seagal. Yeah. I didn't put Seagal on my list of 80s action stars, even though I guess technically he belongs there to a certain degree, but he's just such a D tier yeah. uh, <laughs> version of any of those guys. Oh yeah. Like he's like, uh, what is he currently like living in like the Uzbekistan's like prime minister's yeah. like guest house or some shit. Well, he's so curdled. Like, I mean like Van Damme and even like Stallone and Schwarzenegger have like aged into these goofy old men. Yeah. status that it's kind of like especially van damme it's kind of like cute and fun um but Seagal's like this just this monster <laughs> you know, I, there's a reason why he's so obsessed over because yeah. he's he's one of the most confusing brief gigantic movie stars in the history of hollywood i would say like well, i think one of the things that's really interesting about Steven Seagal as an action star is that he's not very good at any action choreography Ex- or making fights look good. He's bad yeah. at that. He's, and he's, and he, he's not intimidating looking either. He's not very fit compared to any of those other, like he doesn't have the great no. muscles. He's not very, he's not good looking. No. Like he's kind of an ugly guy. Yeah. Um, he, he comes off. he's not charming. He can't deliver a joke like any of those other guys can. Yeah, no, he's wooden, he, he's, he's wooden and angry in all of his performances. That's he, all he, he comes off as a bully. He's just like an yeah. asshole. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I think, like, anytime that, like, I think, like, Will Sasso's, like, uh, depiction of him in, on Mad TV pretty much does justice to his entire thing. It's like, you know, you watch one of his earlier movies where he shows up in like a sleeveless shirt with his chicken arms wearing a beret and his, ne- his name is Gino Fellino. <laughs> you're like, and, he, and he's deathly serious about all of that stuff. <laughs> you're just like, dude. Well, the, I, 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 I still watch any of the first five, no matter what. Oh, well, the reason why I think he's so deadly serious about any of the premises is that he's too stupid to understand that they're not like interesting or yeah. or that they're not absolutely ridiculous um well he's he's one of these guys who's crossed over who totally believe i mean he you know he tells people he's he was like a um work for the cia and did shit like that and oh he mafia of course he has mafia yeah. ties naturally oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah i was gonna bring that up i think that that is the, the that's the explanation for all of it is that the mafia made a bunch of money putting him into movies yes and oh and i like he he does make decisions on his race depending on what race he thinks is cool that <laughs> week it seems oh which no. is no. well it's i didn't do it <laughs> you know? no. no i know you didn't yeah, I, I didn't do it. Oh, uh, <laughs> man. Yeah, he's 
he's something yeah, and speaking of the skies though i mean the last time he was in a he was in the, the movie executive decision where kurt russell was on an airplane with terrace and he's killed in the first 10 minutes and it was a big shocker when i saw in the theater but that was kind of the end of Skull's theatrical career <laughs> him getting sucked out of that stealth bomber uh, uh, segueing back into the movies we're watching this week, uh, um, I was completely shocked by both of these movies. I was surprised in the first 15 minutes by both <laughs> by what happened both times because I watched uh, Drop Zone first. Oh, and I guess we, you know we can you know he and uh, uh, Wesley Snipes and his brother Malcolm Jamal Warner get onto this plane, and I think to myself, okay, this is a plane movie. Like we're gonna be on a plane for a long while. And that's going to be that's going to be basically the set piece is that we're on this plane. Mm. And then immediately within like three minutes of me thinking that like the plane explodes, the door flies open. So many passengers die. Like yeah. it's a rather harrowing um, plane sequence intense. to open the movie. <laughs> a lot. And, and then Wesley Snipes loses Malcolm Jamal Warner out of those dang doors. And I was like, wow. I was so excited to see the Malcolm Jamal Warner and Wesley Snipes show. They were having a fun yeah. time together and he's just gone. We, we lost him quick. And, yeah. but then, you know, yeah, we're, we're going to, I can't wait to talk about drop zone. Drop zone was new to me this time around oh, as well. I'd oh. never seen it before. I'd seen passenger 57 before, but not drop zone, but we, we go in chronological order on the Academy. So let's get into it. We're excited so about sorry. that. No, it's fine. Adam. I'm, you know, you are the resident bad boy. You're, you're looking I, to go I, on all over the, in any I direction. break all the rules when I'm on the Academy Academy. <laughs> He's gonna, who are you, who are you voting for to win this week? The French Lieutenant's woman. <laughs> 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 uh, no, but we're talking about 90, 1992's Passenger 57, directed by Kevin Hooks, released November 6th of that very year, budgeted at 15 million, made 66 million at the box office. Tidy little hit. Um, stars, of course, Wesley Snipes as John Cutter, but also Bruce Payne as sadistic international terrorist mastermind Charles Rain. Tom Sizemore as the wonderfully named Sly Dovecchio. Sly. Uh, Cutter's friend at, at the airplane store. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> He's the dean of airplanes. Yeah. Yeah. High-level um, executive pal. Yeah, good, good friend. Um... Alex Datcher as the uh, flight attendant who um, doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. Can you believe that? Uh, Bruce Greenwood is in it. Robert Hooks plays Dwight Henderson, FBI agent. Uh, Elizabeth Hurley plays Sabrina, Reigns second in command, and the first of our babe second in commands of the bad guys. <laughs> Models turned evil henchmen. True lies uh, rules. Uh, yes, true Yes, exactly. From the true lies school, uh, and then we we heaven forbid we forget Ernie Lively who plays Sheriff Leonard Biggs in um Biggs. <laughs> in our, <laughs> heading into our like in the heat of the night subplot of the of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love the casual disregard Wesley Snipes has for his character. That is maybe a shining moment in this film it's, for me. It's really oh, terrific well, because he's racist, and Wesley Snipes instead of like. He's just like, no, fuck you. You're a loser. Yeah, <laughs> like, you suck. He, like, <laughs> yeah, you suck. And I'm gonna like, I'm gonna be mean to you the rest of this time. <laughs> yeah, 
He just kind of takes it, which is it's like moi. Yeah. yeah, that's all you can do, I, bitch. I understand for plot reasons, like we ha- our characters are forced to work together from this point going forward. But I am going to be an absolute piece of shit. Nobody wrote those lines for him <laughs> being an asshole to Biggs. That was all Wesley Snipes. Yeah, and it's that's great. Not- it's oh. absolutely terrific. Um, movie was a big success at the box office. It launched his career as kind of an action star. This is what led to Money Train, Drop Zone, Demolition Man, wow. The Art of War, The Blade Trilogy, and so forth. Um, 24% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, again, I don't think the critics then knew <laughs> that they'd have to be sitting through 165-minute seventh part of the Harry Potter series. I think that they're <laughs> an 84-minute movie about a dude doing spin kicks on a plane wasn't good enough for them. But <laughs> if, they, if they knew what was coming, they would have been like, this is nice. I yeah, like this. This is, nice. yeah. this is, this is, this is good. fun. It's yeah. a fun movie. <laughs> I like that this doesn't have to rely on any like previous IP knowledge. <laughs> and it's done when it's over. I mean, obviously, we could probably see him end up on another plane get, or a train or yeah. some other. I mean, we've seen, you know, Speed 2, for instance. This is, this has happened before. But I like the fact we just know that John Cutter's somewhere out there beating the shit out of terrorists. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Politely negging uh, Southern police officers around the world. Yeah. But this movie st- starts with a stunning face-off-esque plastic surgery action sequence oh yeah <laughs> with uh charles rain who's played by bruce Payne. who i mean looking at his filmography this is this is kind of his like i mean yeah, i'm sure that it. he 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 i mean he works he's worked a lot but it's like i have a feeling most people have the same reaction we do of like, who is this guy? He's kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah, I see. The only movie I remember him from was Dungeons and Dragons. He played like a baddie in that movie. Uh, but this is like he's way more pro- like this. I would, I would uh, wager this is by far his most prominent performance. Like the one, this is the one where like if he's like in line getting um, a coconut water at Gelson's. This is the one where someone would like, you know, come up to him and be like, hey, you're uh, you're Charles Rain. Yeah, like, holy shit, Passenger 57. You yeah, know, you're Passenger 57. You're passenger fi- no, that was Wesley. I was I was the rain of terror, Charles Rain. <laughs> they almost say the name Passenger 57. They almost say the movie. Yeah, yeah. Just quite cut it off. It's too bad. I mean, but I mean, it's so basically, yeah, it opens with this awesome action speak sequence that really kind of sets the tone Mm -hmm. for what this, how this movie is going to play out in terms of just chaos, gratuitous violence, evil deeds by Charles rain. I mean, it it has it all guys. I, I, one thing that bothered me, because there's a recurring motif in this movie that Charles rain um, is a very precise man who seems to move at, you know, these very precise time intervals. He's always asking people what time it is. Um, And he somehow, it seemed like, so during the surgery, he's about to get cut. And then he asks the surgeon what time it is. And then it hits exactly noon. And he's like, oh, it's time that all the cops are going to come and get me. And so- (laughs) It, it like makes what, what it makes very you know it makes very little sense. I was trying <laughs> yeah. to figure it out as well. Yeah, I was. I guess he just he he's maybe he's been through this before. He's like, ah, oh, they always come at noon. The cops come at noon exactly. If, if I don't, if if it's, <laughs> I gotta get out of here. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, it was, I think that there was an episode of The Wire that kind of described that. McNulty was like, yo, Chief, why the fuck we always got to go in at noon? <laughs> exactly. Don't <laughs> Aren't they going to get used to us coming yeah. in at exactly noon? <laughs> yeah, Str- Stringer Bell's a smart guy. He knows yeah. we come at noon. We've lost so many <laughs> British. And I love that season of The Wire where they deal with the international British terrorists. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, it's like up there with like the definitely better than the docks up there with the school season. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that like, they should have done is had him had them like removing bandages from his face so his new face was there, and mm-hmm. then the cops show up. Like, yeah, because because what was the plan? Because because he figures out right before the knife goes in that it's new, and then he kills the it surgeon. Was gonna, it was going to be a huge problem if he like did he, if he knew it was noon when the cops were coming. Why did he set up like an eleven thirty <laughs> surgery appointment? What they hadn't even started yet. They were just doing <laughs> prep work. Yeah. yeah, they were just talking over. Why was he not like, hey, chop chop, guys? The yeah. cops. I got to be out of here at like eleven fifty five. My ear is to the ground, and noon is go time. We got to get yeah. up. <laughs> he just figured it out like right before it happened. It yeah, was, he, yeah, it's it's very his. It, yeah, he he reminded me a lot of um one of my favorite movies, Nighthawks, and Rutger Hauer plays an international terrorist called Wolfgar in that, where it's like they're these like they get plastic surgeries, they're these urbane guys who are also psychos, but like the slightest tweak of their plan makes them completely go off the rails. It's if the first <laughs> twenty years their terrorist operation has gone swimmingly. And now it's and then like one guy shows up. It's like, oh, wait, no, it's over. I'm obsessed with this guy now and I'm going to screw up my entire plan. We've never nobody's ever stopped us do anything before. I know we have to stop this one guy who can stop us. Yeah, I have a feeling like the FBI and basically the entire international community is really kicking themselves about not just enlisting John Cutter right away. Yeah, I mean, he's on this job. Best. Yeah, and it's it's not really even question. So um, I would describe him as the Wikipedia page describes him: widowed, former police officer, decorated soldier, and retired U.S. Secret Service agent. John Cutter is haunted by memories of his wife's death in a convenience store, and now he teaches flight attendant self defense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very unassuming. Very unassuming, you know. That's that. With the, you know, when you're the best, that is your rock bottom. I think it's yeah. not that bad. It's like a a paid, a decent job. Yeah, basically. not bad. Yeah, no, he has solid house. You know, he has that '90s house. You know, two bedroom. He's living in the the you full can house. Terrific house. outfits. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Oh, he looks great. I mean, we could talk about both both films. Wesley yet again is bringing the fashion game into the '90s in a big way. Oh, you know all these. I got to mention before we get away from the flight attendant training school that this is where I was tricked for a second time uh, <laughs> watching these movies because I thought once again, here we are in a plane. This movie is called Passenger 57. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be in a plane for the rest of this movie. Here we are. And then they do a cut and they pull out and I'm like, oh, we're on a he's a he's, this is a train. At first, I thought it was a film set and he was like an actor. Uh, that he was, you know, but that quickly was dissuaded. I, I got rid of that. But yeah, this move, these movies have bamboozled me. Yeah, yeah, big they, tr- tricky. They go they weird it. places. Like you don't expect the 
the uh the 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 climax of passenger 57 to take place at like a carnival like at a yeah. state fair yeah i don't know I, I the second they landed the plane i was like trying to remember what happened and i was like wait a second they've not yeah, been no. on this plane for a particularly long time <laughs> yeah no i i i like looked at my uh at the the time on the movie and i was like there's still like 35 40 minutes left and this this plane is down they're like um, they, they got to they got to bring in the dukes of hazard yeah. to, to like <laughs> racially profile him and then yeah. he has to throw a guy off the ferris wheel which was terrific that was great yeah, uh, i love you, you know i love that and yeah and just <laughs> Beat also, up, cl- beat up clowns, and you know uh, all that kind of stuff. Oh, I also love that he just he gets he just gets one on the good old boys. He just totally <laughs> beats the shit out of two like two bubbas. Like, yeah, it's just while, it's just very chef's kiss. While we're in the rodeo, there was a moment that made me laugh so much where um, the guy who gets thrown off of the Ferris wheel, the glasses man. <laughs> The nerd um, of the team. Oh yeah, the he who gets no lines. I believe. I believe the only line he says in the movie is "ah" as he's flying <laughs> off of a Ferris wheel. Um, but he's stalking John Cutter through like a poultry uh, market kind of thing that's happening in the in there the stock show. Um, and he goes to shoot John Cutter, and we see a frame of John and then a frame of the guy, and then he shoots, and then we cut back to John. And he turns and a rodeo clown is standing perfectly behind him in a way where you couldn't see him until John moved. And then he goes, ah! and he falls over dead. And you had not seen this rodeo clown at all. It was a great like jump cut gag. They don't hilarious. do a lot in these movies anymore. In movies today, probably for the best of a lot of innocent bystanders just getting blasted. I you know, but like in both these movies there's a lot so of people just fun. walking by who just get tagged you know and, and in real life that would be like obviously like a lawsuit and a massive tragedy it's, <laughs> you know and i feel like you know despite the fact that we live in a world with so much horrible public gunfire like it is still just fun to see random violence in movies like it's <laughs> there's something that's like it because it, it's i don't know it, there's it's to see a bad guy just randomly kind of shoot his gun in any direction for no good reason uh you know it tells me they're bad i know they're not a good guy now yeah no it was like last week in new jack city patrick when uh, nino picked up the little girl and used her as a human shield oh, you're God, like yeah yes. i get where nino's coming from here <laughs> <laughs> you know what i I, get I, I gotta mention too interesting i forgot um and his name is forget one of Rand's henchmen is michael horse who plays hawk on twin peaks Oh wow! And um, Chief Biggs is his Ernie Lively plays the part, and he's the actress Blake Lively's father. Wow! <laughs> Whoa! Like, so huh. interesting wow. little tidbits there. Um, baby. But basically, so um, John Cutter is approached by his old friend Sal- Sly Delvecchio. Sly Delvecchio. Um, <laughs> Who offers Cutter, Cutter the vice presidency of the new anti-terrorism unit for Atlantic <laughs> International Airlines. Cutter's reluctant, but they try to convince him to accept the offer. So he hops on a plane uh, to Los Angeles, and one of the stu- one of his students, one of the flight attendants, who he got a li- who they get a little lippy with each other. But folks, I think we know where this is going. 
<laughs> that maybe it turns into a flirtation because she's going to think he's too badass. Um, same flight. going to love him. Rain is with two FBI escorts being transported to Los Angeles. Mm. And uh, pretty much as soon as the flight takes off, henchmen and women are about and um, actions, actions taking place. Uh, Cutter gets uh, does some diehard stuff and ends up hiding in a bathroom. <laughs> yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but does does Wesley Snipes not end up in a in a airplane bathroom in both of these movies? Yeah, isn't that what starts the action in in, the, in Drop Zone as well? <laughs> yeah, there's there's some similarities in both these movies. Both yeah. are both are both our lead villains are thrown from high heights to their yeah. demise. Uh, one far more fun than the other. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, then it, it kind of takes on pretty much a standard what you'd expect action movie beats of this era, kind of the post Die Hard styled yeah. action movies. It's Die Hard on a plane, yeah. For Wesley sure. Snipes, yeah. yeah. It's it's just yeah, Die Hard two basically. Yeah. <laughs> but Wesley is so much fun. He's so confident. I mean, like half the fun is like, yeah, he's not going to lose to these guys. And who cares? I'm entertained anyway. And he does. He gets to show off all of his cool martial arts stuff. He gets probably the greatest line of his career that the director, Kevin Hooks, God bless him, sets up with a power zoom. Oh, yes. <laughs> the the wonderful always bet on black. Um, just so good. Yeah. And more more lines should have power zoom. Like more, there should be more power zooms in film. We need to bring they knew it back. what they had when they wrote that line, and they're just like, "Yep, this is this is gonna this is gonna take him to the stratosphere as an action star." Because <laughs> I mean, cool. it's an it's a um, you know, it's an Arnold line. It's as good as like Arnold's best lines. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. it's like up there with "I'll be back" and "Hasta la vista, baby." Like it's like yeah. or uh, "Yippee ki yay, motherfucker." Oh from, yeah, uh, Die Hard, sure. of course. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah, speaking of pervert from Jingle All the Way. Yeah, it's not a tumor tumor. uh, from Kindergarten Cop, naturally. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think um, you know Kevin Hooks does a very solid, competent action job. Yeah, I actually for this film, he's done. It looks like he's done mostly TV. Although Patrick, you brought up, he also directed uh, Fishburne and Baldwin and Fled and Patrick Swayze and Black Dog. So some good action there as well. We might have to do a bonus ep on Hooks. Uh, (laughs) I think one thing I really like about this movie too is it feels like a role specifically written for Wesley Snipes. Yeah, you have these moments where it's like. you know, when whether it's like him dealing with like racist cops and like having to deal with that like layer on top of just being an outsider in general, or like the moment where you have like that that old lady who like thinks he's in his Arsenio Hall, <laughs> played by Duchess Tomasello. Like it just yeah, it just it feels. Oh yeah, know. yeah, the old lady thinks he's Arsenio Hall. Yeah, Hello, yeah, which is funny. Tragic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's rough. It's, uh, so, so it's brutal. Yeah, it's insane. So, script was written um here's the screenwriter it was written as an action film for a guy like clint eastwood about a man going to bury his son in spain who sat next to an iranian terrorist on a plane terrorist hijacks the plane and takes the passengers to iran then the clint eastwood type guy escapes and you know how that goes (laughs) and they were like yeah that's the studio was like if i make this movie yeah, um, that's racist. <laughs> We're going to be really racist. <laughs> so the screener like, so goes, take all your eyes for them, for Warner Brothers. Got another picture, came back, and then it became a black movie. 
cool this was the screenwriter saying that. It's just oh like, my oh my god. god, cool, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's based on what you just said. I would say, Patrick, that all of the content that you enjoyed that seemed like it was for Wesley Snipes was was Wesley Snipes. Wesley oh. Snipes, one thousand percent, brought in his own writer who got uncredited rewrites to redesign yes. all the character shit. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah, the guy, yeah. Uh, most likely the people that made this movie, with the exception of Kevin Hooks, probably sleazy freaks. Yeah, but I mean, they're, yeah, and like, you know, you don't want to like, there's like, kind of like, again, going back to like the yearning for the movies of yore, it's like, yeah, that'll make money. I like that. I like that attitude about making movies, though. It's like, yeah. not so much the like, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna spend $300 million and we're gonna release two movies this year and they're going to be everything to everyone you know mm-hmm. passenger 57 didn't need to be everything to anyone it just needed to be something to people who wanted to see wesley snipes do spin kicks yeah and that was enough for me and- I, apparently the screenwriter couldn't think of a title for a film and he noticed a bottle of ketchup <laughs> oh my god I named it Pass- movie magic folks Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> my, it's the ketchup man passenger 57 but oh, you're, you're you're right, Adam. Though, and you're right, Patrick. Though there is this like element, like Wesley. This could have been pretty run of the mill, but he bringing him in really gives it like this breath of fresh air to it. One one other thing that I do want to mention: both of these movies have in a in a very uh, wish movie. More movies were like this way today. They have fantastic soundtracks. Like, oh yeah, absolute famous. So I just want to say first shout out to Stanley Clark, who was the composer for this movie. He's a uh, the bassist for Chick Corea's band. Um, just a fantastic jazz fusion bassist who I don't know why or how he got hired to do a film score, but uh, I'm so happy that they did. Yeah, they used to do that so much more. We were just talking because um, they're playing Death Wish 2 at the New Beverly later this month. Mm-hmm. You know that Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin did the score to Death Wish 2? Wow. Yeah, which is crazy. Why not? That rules. Yeah. I love they only that. let the the Devo guy is the only person that they let do uh, movie scores now. But he yeah, just does I, like traditional movie scores. He's and not our making man, rock music. Our man who scored the next movie. <laughs> True. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, but man. I love that his score in the next movie is a it's is banger. It's a banger. Yeah. It rules. It's like uh, it's kind of like. That peak 90s energy, mid-90s. Yeah. It's really, really strong stuff. We'll get to that in just a moment here. But Passenger 57 is just a breeze. I mean, like, yeah. boy, this snipe season, Patrick. I mean, you know, we're excited to kind of pay tribute to an actor who maybe has not gotten the establishment to claim mm-hmm. that some of our other actors, but also selfishly. We're just getting to have a fun time watching fun movies. It's like the this movie is a vibe. Like you yeah. don't have to like. It feels like it's the equivalent to just chilling on a beach watching this damn movie. Like it's so it's so good. It's so breezy. Like yeah. you just mm-hmm. you you watch Wesley Snipes beat up weird weird <laughs> guys. Like it's yeah. like I wish I wish there were just more movie. Like I, we need more movies like this. More Wesley Snipes beating up weird people yeah and you know fighting the system throwing people out of planes just it's all happening here and you know like there should be a movie released in 2022 where like i want to see wesley snipes on a boat reading clausewitz's on war 
<laughs> yeah, well, I'd like to see him like as a boat bound detective. No, I'm retired, and they got to get a pull him off the boat to go on another adventure or something like boat that. Detective. Uh, boat detective. Boat detective. There's plenty of other vehicles we can put Wesley Snipes on. Like we can we can put him on a blimp. Ooh, I think that would he, be good. He, he looks great on the motorcycle in this one too. <laughs> he's retired oh, and he lives. Oh no, no both movies. In both movies, he looks great on a He's riding motorcycles in both movies. Mm-hmm. You, you could call you could call the blimp movie a good year. <laughs> oh Jesus! Ooh, <laughs> yeah, he he's spend a year on a blimp with terrorists. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a year of him chasing like who's our generation's Alan Rickman. Yeah. <laughs> well, they don't cast people like that anymore. That's the no. problem. It's you know, it's probably like you know. I guess you do Kenneth Branagh. I'm yeah. just thinking about because t- yeah. Kenneth Branagh in Tenet really leaned into what guys used to do as bad guys mm. in movies, which is hammy, over the top, big accents, and and yeah. and only and just pure evil. And God bless him. You know, yeah. I was into. I'm like, there should be more of that. Less about like. Thanos, like I feel bad. That's what I'm gonna like, you know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. The only other one I can think of from recent times is like I, I think Christoph Waltz, um, in, in Glorious. Yeah. Is just, but that's also it's so funny because that's mostly just how he is and his mannerisms, and they were just like, <laughs> just be you, this like flamboyant German actor, but be a Nazi, and it will mm. be evil as shit. Like it's great. Um, I think Tarantino writes villains because I was thinking about DiCaprio and Django Unchained as mm-hmm. well, that being a real hammy, but mm-hmm. at the same time, pretty, pretty fucking frightening villain. Yeah. Like he, he does a good job with like benevolent evil, I guess would be the way I'd put it. Like because Bill and Kill Bill's kind of like that too. Yeah, very, very scary characters who are also like just people yeah uh, yeah well yeah. like mm-hmm. just charming and entertaining uh, charming people yeah yeah evil charming yeah he's very good at evil and charming mm-hmm. yeah charles rain evil not particularly <laughs> yeah wouldn't charming. want to have a, any not... sort of conversation no 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 and that, and that is not a negative negative call on i think bruce payne is very good oh yeah but, but i think i'm 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 just cataloging all of the interactions he had in the movie i don't think anybody was ever charmed by him at any no. point i don't think i mean i guess elizabeth hurley seems to be into him yeah she's sort of like but she's like she's she's also like a joker type figure too so like yeah i, think I wish jo- we got jokers more... like jokers the, the one thing that i love about this movie and i think one of the ways they got it to about 84 minutes is that there's really only like four characters who have more than <laughs> four lines in this movie like it's so few of the main players say anything Mm -hmm. like there's there's just like i said before glasses guy says nothing i think forge or forget has like one or two lines he he's relying completely on his look his like intimidating look is like is all he's got going but yeah then and then i mean but is thinking about it's kind of wild it's like they're on the plane there's some good die hard on the plane kind of stuff Mm -hmm. him sneaking around and like but then they land the plane and it turns into him battling the good old boys for like 15 minutes yeah he just goes and fucks up some (laughs) southern cops for a while it's yeah i i love that scene i love that sequence it was it was very fun yeah Yeah, how cool was the sequence where he got back on the plane jumped out of the car onto the landing gear that was awesome too yeah that was great del vecchio was not not uh having a good time there <laughs> no, he wasn't. size four is really a live wire 
in this in this particular <laughs> performance. Oh, he's up. And I will say too, another piece of very confusing backstory in this film, because I don't see anywhere in the resume that you talked about for uh, for Cutter where he would have you know a, a solid relationship with this airline executive. This, like, where this does bureaucrat this... at this mid tier airline? Yeah, what are they just like? friends from like growing up or something like where did they where did they meet like how would they yeah. I'd never does, never really clearly gone into doesn't know how to spell Delvecchio no he doesn't know his name <laughs> yeah, I think it's like an Eddie Murphy James Russo in uh, Beverly Hills Cops like they or, both grew up or, yeah and then or even like Judge Reinhold to Eddie Murphy where it's just like pure fandom <laughs> It's like, just, <laughs> like, man, Delvecchio is just like, Cutter is awesome. I want to be around him all the time. Like, they just had a chance encounter 10 yeah. years ago. Yeah, Delvecchio has just, just been around since. Like, calling him over and over yeah. again, like, what you doing? What's going yeah. on this week? You want to watch the game on Sunday? Please, please yeah. tell me how you get the people in line to fondle you. Hey, <laughs> I moved to Atlanta. It's crazy. We should hang out. <laughs> Isn't it wild? I live here too now? Yeah. Do, you ever, do you need a roommate? <laughs> you need coke yeah yeah you do need coke yeah. he has a big coke en- sizemore had big coke energy yeah uh, in this movie but i mean sizemore like Busey, was really a like 90s fourth or fifth build staple yeah. in these kind of movies i know sizemore is not his life has been pretty rough and some to his own quite a bit to his own doing in this in recent years but man his run in the 90s i mean listen to this so 91 he does point break Mm. 92 he's in passenger 57 93 he's in true romance and striking distance 94 he's in wyatt earp and natural born killers 95 he's in strange days devil in a blue dress and heat 97, he's the lead of the relic. 98, he's in Saving Private Ryan, an enemy of the state. 99, he's in Bringing Out the Dead. I mean, and then all the way up through 2001, he's in Black Hawk Down in Pearl Harbor that year. Like, just a ton of stuff. And then his, you know, his personal life, really. You know. Kind of cratered that. Yeah, yeah, some real issues. But boy, he was like, what, what, what he was always really good at, which he kind of perfected in Saving Private Ryan, was kind of the, like, and Heat, he does it too, the kind of, like, serviceable best friend on a team who's going on a mission. Like, friend to Tom Hanks, friend to Robert De Niro, that kind of deal. Like it, per, and, and this one, of course, friend to Wesley Snipes. Yeah, all, all started here. Yeah. Yeah, very early on. And yeah, and he, he's got a similar energy in Point Break. And this is not the last time Point Break comes up because I think Point Break kind of fits in this realm of extreme sports and um, mm-hmm. robberies and that kind of thing. And, you know, frankly, as much as I like Drop Zone, Point Break, I think, is a more successful movie in pretty much all ways. <laughs> but um, regardless of that, Passenger 57, we can close our thoughts here. I mean, it's a perfect star vehicle. For Wesley Snipes, he's completely badass. We should mention he gets in a big fist fight with uh, Rain at the end of the movie. Uh, door, some part of the plane gets blown open. Doesn't oh, see yeah. it. Uh, not as not nearly as powerful 
in the sucking people out yeah. as drop zone. But, very, uh, very clear uh, difference in the way that the movie thought about the physics of an open yeah, door on an airplane. Yeah, I mean, they always have different technical advisors for each film, <laughs> different, different scientific opinions, that yeah, kind of thing. Different schools of thought. Uh, but uh, somehow Rain gets the upper hand a bit on Cutter, which I'm not buying it. No. Cut, yeah, but um, Cutter ends up throwing Rain right up that damn hole in the airplane. I love yeah, watching just, him fall down. He just kind of spins down. Yeah, yeah. He's like, no! It looks like Tim and Eric CGI. Like, yeah. that's, it's beautiful. I love it. More yeah, of it. it. It's good. I, I, it would have been really funny if he'd been thrown off and went right to the propeller of the plane or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I think they could have had more fun with it. I think I, I yeah. agree with Don that it was a little bit like, and then what? Uh, or you know, he just kind of he falls out, and, and he this, dies. This it's, might it's, be because of our next movie. Yeah, I yeah. think really is why we're feeling this way. <laughs> could it, that might be? Yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> the other movie, for all its flaws, at the very least, it gives you that like that the, whipped cream and cherry on top. With the, the conclusion, the conclusion is most satisfying. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Although, like I do, okay, I will say when uh, he does a ch- uh, kick out uh, Bruce Payne on the plane, and then the old lady gets everyone yeah. to do the Arsenio Hall whoop or whatever. And he's all like beat up and he just rolls his eyes like, Jesus Christ, I just saved <laughs> the day. Shut up. Just yeah. leave me alone. Yeah. That, that, something that I was unclear about at that point, because I thought to myself earlier when the lady, the old lady spoke up again at some point, like, oh, I wonder if she still thinks that Arsenio Hall <laughs> is missing on the plane somewhere. <laughs> And then at the end of the movie, turns out she's like, yeah, great job, Arsenio. You saved us all. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we, no. we love you. To, to the, talk show, the talk show host is also an action hero. And yeah. to this old lady, Arsenio Hall, is a badass. Yeah. Sun she Su had a crazy story crime. to bring home to Bridge Club. She was telling everybody that weekend, like, Arsenio yeah. Hall sat next to me. We had a great conversation. And then he... <laughs> Of the day. Then there was a major terrorist event, and you know, it went from there. Uh, we should also mention really quickly too before we move on. Um, when he's seeking out a jacket in the luggage compartment, does he not pick out the coolest possible jacket for himself? He gets a, tight ja- he gets a great jacket. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, it's like the most badass '90s jacket that fits him perfectly. It's like, yeah, I found this like a leather bomber jacket. <laughs> yeah. It looks, I, I, yeah, it looks great. Everything he wears in this movie, he looks great, and not so much the next movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this movie, though, every piece of outfit, every outfit is fantastic. So, our next film, we jump ahead only two years to 1994's Drop Zone, directed by John Badham, co starring, and we got a f- terrific group of co stars in this film. Uh, We've got. Gary Busey, Yancey Butler, Malcolm Jamal Warner, Kyle Secor, Rex Lynn, Grace Zabriskie, another Twin Peaks connection, Corin Nemec, Claire Stansfield, and of course, Michael Jeter. <laughs> we'll talk about him in just oh a moment here. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Uh, this one was budgeted at $45 million, made $62 million. Uh, interesting fun fact, one of two skydiving action films released in December of 1994. The other, of course, uh, the beloved Terminal Velocity with Charlie Sheen. Um, <laughs> modest 
money at the box office compared to its budget. Mixed reaction from the critics. 41% on Rotten Tomatoes. The um, did, did develop, though, at Paramount Parks, um, a drop tower amusement ride called Drop Zone Stunt Tower. So it, had a, it did have its own ride at one point. Really? We, should, we should mention um, music yeah, it's scored by Hans Zimmer. Oh, man. Kind of a tremendous action score from old Hans. Oh just ripping. Like the, the first movie we, we watched, Passenger 57, it starts out with this just like slap bass. This movie, though, just kicks you in the face with these screaming guitars. It mm-hmm. rocks as you're coasting over the Florida swamps. And the, 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 the songs on the soundtrack itself are banging 90s hits, too. Mm-hmm. The uh, but Roger Ebert said, "Drop Zone is one of those thrillers where the action is so interesting that you almost forgive or even forget the plot. the ver- The movie is virtually one stunt after another, many of them taking place in midair. And during the pure action sequences, you simply suspend your interest in the story and look at the amazing sights before you." Good review, Raj. Sure, a hundred percent. So, as Adam mentioned uh, a little bit earlier. Um, Wesley Snipes and his brother, Malcolm Jamal Warner, are Pete and Terry Nessip, U.S. Marshals, brothers, best friends. <laughs> such, such a crazy, so much, so much is there in the first couple minutes. They give you so much backstory. They are it. escorting um, noted computer expert. <laughs> Earl Leedy. Earl Leedy, played by Michael Jeter, who seems like he's never seen a computer before, but, you know, he's going to go with it. This is oh, like a, a man who should be playing a prospector, like an old type. Like you half expect him to be like, oh, there's gold in these here computer chips. <laughs> a, like flamboyant prospector. He's a flamboyant. He's great. <laughs> yeah, he's, and this is not, is not a diss. He's terrific. He, it's he, I, I had so much fun watching him in this movie. <laughs> He's got like he's got the energy. I feel like of um, what what's her name? The uh, the the blonde um, co lead in Temple of Doom, who's just yeah, shouting yeah, for Indiana yeah. Jones the whole movie. Like, <laughs> he's just, he's just, uh, he's got Kapsha energy. Yeah. yeah. Yes, oh, for sure. But it instead of being with Indiana Jones, he's yeah. he's with Gary Busey most of the time instead, yeah. which is <laughs> much more danger- who, dangerous character. Yeah. Who, by the way. Bites off his fucking finger. (laughs) God damn it. Oh my God. God damn. It's just like evidence. (laughs) Okay. So, so yes. So in the the opening sequence, yeah, the, he, he gets, he's on the plane. um, And as part of the escape, Gary Busey bites his whole fucking finger off and spits it out onto the plane ground. Presumably, to give identification that can be later used, you know, that to Earl, say Earl's oh, dead. Earl's dead. Then they also got confirmed confirmed that they all died. Like that was also <laughs> part of the news story. They didn't. Nobody else got their fingers bitten <laughs> off, though. What? Like, what was the evidence? Like, I man, I love that Gary Busey though. Like his first thought, he's like, "Yeah, there's a lot of ways we can do this, but I'm gonna bite it off. I'm gonna bite it right <laughs> yeah. off." Yeah, I, I just, I'm just gonna assume that was just an improv that he did. He really just bit off Michael Jeter's finger in the moment. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just, they're doing the evidence, like yeah, he died. It looks like though, this the way his fingers like any forensics. 
you know. Um, yeah, they would. They would know it was bitten off. They would see it's like, yeah, there's teeth marks here. Well, yeah. Where's where's the rest? Like we found a bitten off finger. <laughs> we didn't find the guy. <laughs> where's what? the rest of him? How, how was that not like somewhat suspicious to any of the people who were looking at this? When when he is a wanted criminal who was be it, it just boggles the mind uh, yeah, what was going on in people. It's heads. incredible. They kill a ton of people. Oh, so, so much death. It's it's really grim. It's very it's a very dark heist. Yeah, Gary Busey is just a, is the devil. Like he just does not care. And so they they take him. Also, unfortunately, Terry of the brothers Pete and Terry Nessip, U.S. Marshals. Best buds, oh, case man. case guys, uh, get sucked right out of that damn plane as well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know that bums Pete out a lot, and he in it, and they're like, Pete, we got we got to sit you, we got because the investigate because it is a shit show. You know, he was he was guarding this guy, and it turned into this like massive disaster. Um, I will say, great great um, scenic performance from Wesley in the just post uh, uh, landing time mm-hmm. where he's got the hundred yard stare and he's talking to his uh, superior officer. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would, I would say in general, this movie didn't give him quite as many, you know, big moments to act in. This was one of them that I noticed. I was like, Oh, I, I, I see Wesley's doing something here. Mm-hmm. I, I like what he's going for. Yeah. And I like the scene where he like accosts that little girl. To get to get evidence from her. Yeah, that was a great one as well. Yeah. <laughs> Just making her relive perhaps yeah. the most traumatic traumatic day. Definitely the most traumatic day of her life. No, I know well, you're man. never gonna get over this, but I lost my brother. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I wish she was able to to vocalize what happened to her though, because I did find like as much as it was a scary moment, just this this guy chose to take his mask off and just scream in a girl's face <laughs> in the middle of this heist um, as as he was crawling over her. This is uh, this is of course um, Don Jagger. Don Jagger. Don Jagger. Oh, one of the great characters of this film, Don Jagger. What a, what a tableau! This film. That's, that, that's the difference is that you know Adam, like you said, like they didn't really give anyone else lines no. in um, the other movie. This one, they probably give too many people lines, and they're all memorable people. I want to see a Canterbury Tales esque <laughs> miniseries with just the tale of Don Jagger, the tale of Winona Santoro, the tale of Swoop. Like I want every oh. character to have a little miniseries movie about their life and how they got to where they are. Yeah, and you know what I dig though about this movie too is like the structure. So we get this scary opening. Yes. And then we get, you know, a good 30, 45 minutes of like fun detective stuff, even though we are ahead of him and we know we we are aware of Timon Kreef and his gang. Yeah. But then we get the introduction to a subculture our hero has no yeah. clue about. And we are brought into the world of all of these interesting weirdos who are skydive devotees. Um so basically what we find out is that it is, of course, XDA agent and renegade skydiver, <laughs> Taiwan Creep, played by <laughs> Gary Busey. It, you know, if you're the screenwriter and you write the name Taiwan Creep down, you're like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. I did well. This, this is a good, good. This is good writing day for me. Yep, <laughs> <So I'm- laughs> 
Yeah, get a take a nap. Yeah, yeah. She's gonna call it a day. That, you know, I'm not coming up with anything better than that. And um, so his plan is to use Michael Jeter to hack into the DEA mainframe computer in Washington, D.C., so he can auction off the names of undercover agents to drug cartels worldwide. He has scheduled this to be accomplished during an Independence Day parachute exhibition, 4th of July in D.C., man. You didn't know about how big of an event this was (laughs) for skydivers? Only the biggest event in skydiving. Um, What the hell? It's like the damn um, strawberry festival from Tu Wong Fu, <laughs> or of course the Christmas parade in Minneapolis from uh, Jingle All the Way. <laughs> another another major town event. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh look, it's the Crayola crayons. <laughs> They're here. <laughs> <laughs> who's that giant Austrian guy dressed as Turbo Man? It can't be my dad. <laughs> yeah, who's this guy who has the exact same face as my father? Exact same yeah. build. Exact the same only man accent. in Minneapolis who looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah. I'm Turbo Man. I'm not your father. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a different guy. I'm a different person. <laughs> this might surprise you. We're going to take off my mask now. <laughs> I surprise you. I'm your father, actually. I was your father the whole time. I'm lucky I have a stupid son. <laughs> ah, foolish Anakin. Yeah, I know. It's stupid son, Anakin. Um, so uh, that because this parachute exhibition and fireworks display, um, security is loose mm. in the airspace above D.C. Lax. Very lax. You're very lax. Yep. Um, on uh, Ty's team, outside of, of course, um, Michael Jeter or Claire Stansfield, his babe, ex-model. Yeah. Number two. <laughs> We've got, uh, of course, uh, Don Jagger. Got uh, his deputy dog. He's got a few, got a few freaks. Yeah, do- Deuce. Yeah. Who can deuce. forget Deuce? <laughs> Naturally, Deuce. Um, but yeah, kind of the same school of thought as Charles Rain of just a random collection of of uh, heels and uh, mm-hmm. bad guys. And again, both of the I don't understand how anybody meets anyone in these movies. No, it's, it's just like where would any of you people have ever? gotten together like why why this random collection how did how did uh how did swoop fall i mean i guess the the more normal skydivers make sense but this group of people like where <laughs> where does don jagger meet ty Moncrief and yeah, uh, it, decide on <laughs> decide on this job also like there's so much okay because like ty Moncrief. You know, he's the he was the ex-lover of another character we'll be introduced to soon. Like he's something also, happened. He's also around 50 years old and he's like acting like a weird surf bum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don Jagger or Time they're all it's odd. They're all very odd. They're it's, all like, it's it's freaking terrific. It's yes, odd. But it's it terrific. Rules. It's terrific. Yeah. Well it's like it's like someone like magically granted life to a pair of Tommy Bahama slacks or something. I don't know. There's a lot of like dad fantasy scenario in this movie. Like like a 45-year-old screenwriter is like, yeah, you know what? I could do this. I like this. <laughs> what if instead yeah. of what if instead of having a wife and kid, I had a, a beach house? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's more of a swamp house, right? Because yeah. it's isn't that where the it's it's where the the 
the the mm-hmm. fan boats can come up and and find purchase. An absolute miracle of Florida filmmaking. For too. sure, Patrick, you brought that uh, up via text. I mean, the Florida location stuff is terrific all it, the way through. It may be one of the most Florida films ever made, like <laughs> spiritually and physically. Skydiving does feel like a very like, hey man, I'm gonna go skydiving this weekend, Florida dude activity like oh, sure. regularly skydiving not like skydiving because you're turning 40 or something like that right. <laughs> you know, it's like, like i do this all the time yeah, i got yeah, a plane i, I would i would like to skydive at least one time in my life i'm not interested in making it a part of my like passions Ident- your identity <laughs> you're yeah. a skydiver <laughs> so so another aspect of this movie i love is it we have it we have to build a team which is yes. always fun in action movies. So yeah. Wesley is undercover. And, you know, he, he had to turn in his gun and badge. Another classic action movie element. Because uh, he's off the, you're off the case, Pete. Um, but no, he's not. He's going to do it on his own. Uh, he goes down to Florida because he starts getting some ideas that, boy, these guys are awesome skydivers. They must have, they must be pretty, like, known to be able to pull off all of this skydiving and, you know, to dive out of a 747 at that height, you know, requires some real training, some real skill. So uh, Wesley um, in kind of ingrains himself in this Florida skydiving community yeah, where he meets. Just oh, jams himself right in there. He does. And it's because he's Wesley Snipes or, or you know, Keanu Reeves or whoever. Like, movie stars can do that. I right. show up to, like, Malibu. I'm like, yo, guys, I'm going to start surfing with you. They're going to beat me up. Yeah. yeah I'm a, can I be, like, just, like, the main guy in this crew now? Could I be I the one that this is all about? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm going to steal the lead guy's girlfriend. I'm going to bet I'm going to become best friends with the leader of your band, too. You know what I'm it's very, very movie type thing. So yeah. Pete shows up. He meets Jesse Crossman, played by Yancey Butler, who is kind of a Scott, you know, lifer, skydiving lifer. But, you know, she's not, not a burnout. Skydiving she's, is no, the juice. She, she, skydiving is the juice for her. She, but, you know, she's, she's a bit she's, of a sky scoundrel. Yeah, she's a sky scoundrel. And for a as much, camp. and she's been, she's been in, she's been in Slammer. She's been around, yet she still looks like a model. She's been in jail for sky crime. Yeah, she's been in jail for sky crime. But, you know, she could still walk the runway in Paris like next week. Yeah. <laughs> and she meets some of her friends. Uh, Grace Zabriskie, who plays Winona Santoro, pilot. What is her deal? I what want- is, how does she get on the crew? Who cares? It's great. Yeah. I love it. It's great. There's Selkirk Selly Power, played by Corin Nemec from Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Um, you guys might be too young to remember that TV series. <laughs> we are. I yeah, that, I'll that speak is. for Patrick. I'll yep, speak for you. Are. you <laughs> uh, it was when was when was Parker Lewis Can't Lose on the air? It was on 1990 to 1993 on the mm. Fox. It was an early Fox television show it was on a similar time i believe it was on like sundays like near the simpsons <laughs> in the early simpsons run so i remember it he was also played harold in the tv miniseries the stand uh, interesting there uh and he's kind of the young guy on the team who is desperate for a little bit more action yeah if you've seen fast and the furious um big time i can't remember the character's name but the guy who races for pink slips 
mm-hmm. um, in the in the original movie and gets burnt out. And then I think it's shot at the end of that movie. You, um, you, but, you know, this character. Yes, yeah. he's, he's absolutely like um, we met him, too, in um, Sugar Hill. He was played by the guy from Scrubs. This version oh, of yeah, him. Dental Pizzle, yeah. yeah, the guy who shows up, I want to be just like you. It's like, no, by act three, you're getting shot. <laughs> this was, you know, <laughs> you're, was, you're the sacrificial lamb. You're the innocent who's going to who's going to make all the shit's going to get for real when you get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then soon thereafter, as the team is being built, we get to meet Kyle Secor, who plays Swoop, wild man of the team, a true skydiver. And Rex Lynn, who plays Robbie Walker, who is awesome. He, he just kind of like comes out of nowhere and sort of just hangs out with the team. And he's a I middle-aged, like, he is a middle-aged man. The rest of these like young gun, like point breaky, fast of the furious hot shots. He's a middle-aged man. <laughs> I feel like there's gotta be some deleted like scenes where we explain his character a little more yeah. and understand why he's there. Like even cause he's, he's not um, highlighted before the moment that ENC <laughs> Butler wants them on the team. Like she's like, I need a team. Hey, look, it's this, it's Rex Lynn. Let's get him on the team. And <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm down. And that's yeah. the moment you're introduced to him as a character. You're like, you look a little different than the rest of the team. Yeah, this kind of dough, this doughy guy, balding guy, this like white Hector Elizondo. He's like the first. He's the first person she sees after she says we need to make a team, and then she, he's like, oh yeah, okay, I'll do it. Yeah, sure. And I, I knew Rex Lynn the most. He's one of the villains in Stallone's Cliffhanger. He's the, um, he's the internal guy. He's the guy who's working with Lithgow. But he was also in. I mean, listen to this. His '90s list: Sniper, Cliffhanger, Wyatt Earp as well. Clear and Present Danger, Cutthroat Island, The Long Kiss Goodnight, Breakdown, Rush Hour. I mean, you know, he's in a ton of good stuff. And did you know, Patrick, this is this is just for you. He started dating Reba McIntyre in 2020. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, damn, Rex. What, what in the hell? Rex <laughs> Lynn, what in the hell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, he, so Wesley gets his ragtag group together and they have to make the... Um, Oh God, the DC <laughs> parachute jump. So then it becomes like a sports movie where they have to get a good score to make this yeah. jump. And Wesley has to learn how to be a skydive, like a Scott, because the rest of the guys on the team and gals are they're all like awesome at skydiving. And Busey's team's like a guarantee to get in. They're the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So but Wesley starts to get in with the crew. He starts to fit in. There's this great scene where they're all partying and Swoop is a bit of a troublemaker and he starts going at it with um was it Jagger? No, it was not Jagger no. has already been felled. Ja- at this oh point. Jagger. Okay, yeah. Jag- Jagger. Yeah, J- oh yeah. A wonderful scene. We should actually bring that up first. Um Jagger is the one who kind of is the loose end because he t- <laughs> Bizarrely takes off his mask and screams at this little girl <laughs> when she's a when she's a when their faces are like six inches away from each other. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like a scene from like the Goosebumps TV well, show or well, something. Not, not only does he do that, but then he brags about it like it was a cool thing to do. I think he doesn't. Every, it doesn't see, yeah. yeah, everyone on the team's like, "No, Jagger, that, that was dumb." It's really weird. dumb. It's weird too because, like, Jagger is ostensibly out of all these people, and on paper, he should be the one that's like the least like 
He should be the most human of all these people because he had an established relationship with Jesse, and Jesse seems mm-hmm. to care about Jagger. Yeah, she Even- like like kind of still likes Jagger, and Jesse mm-hmm. is reckless, but at the same time, she wouldn't do that. I don't think she'd do that. <laughs> she would. Yeah, I think she'd be cool with Jagger. Like if Jagger was like, "Hey, Jesse, a uh, long time to see. By the way, I just uh, killed some, helped kill some people on a plane. My boss bit off uh, Jeter's finger." And then I saw and, a little uh, girl had a scream in her face. We're gonna we're gonna expose a ton of undercover agents. They're all gonna die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the the villains in this story are so cartoonishly evil that there is any connection from our like main love interest in the movie directly to one of them is yeah. insane. It's it's absolutely bonkers. It's uh, improbable. <laughs> yeah, yeah it and it's it's wild how easy like so they're like on this like skydive team. And it's like. Because like that's like another reason why Point Break is great is like Swayze cares about yeah. all of the guys on his, in his crew. Like there is like genuine human connections to in between mm-hmm. characters. Busey is such a madman that the second he gets wind that Jagger might be exposed <laughs> on a jump, he just sends his ass into some power lines. He pulls some sky crimes. He does yes. some, this is one of the worst. He does some sky murder. One of the worst yeah. sky crimes possible. <laughs> And the, and then of course Jesse's onto it. Like, yeah, Jagger would not have like blown that jump. He's too I mean, damn good of a skydiver. To be fair, like I don't think it takes world's best skydiver to not crash into a power like a, a very obvious set of power lines. Yeah, um, you know that we're it in wasn't a very like, contained it area. Wasn't yeah, like yeah, it wasn't like two power lines. It was like a near it was power, a power station. station. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it wasn't even like there was a crisscrossing thing that had to be avoided. He just yeah. like, you know, he would have had to dive straight for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, he was murdered by Ty Moncrief, sky criminal. <laughs> police, yeah, it, though, police don't understand sky crime. They don't, no, they don't have they don't. a good grasp on it. And they, yeah, they let it go. Yeah. But yeah. So like Wesley, that's his in to this crew is that he kind of figures out who Jagger is. That's how he gets in with... Um, Jesse and starts building out his skydiving team himself. And then they do this party scene where Swoop earlier in the day pulled some pranks. Because, yeah. But they were retaliation pranks because Busey's team was kind of bullying Selly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Swoop gets kind of beat up by Busey's guys, but then Snipes shows up and kicks the shit out of everybody. Oh, just it's yeah. awesome. Up. Great bathroom fight. Yep. Also, like we have to... Uh, make sure that before Swoop was beaten up, when Swoop entered, everyone was going Swoop, 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 yeah. Swoop. Only, uh, only in a 90s action film will you have uh, a, a side character who is maybe like sixth build get the... Yeah, well- he pulled a great prank. It was a great, it was a great prank and everybody saw it. It was, it was tell, they seem to have great cameras uh, to capture all of the skydiving. Like they, mm-hmm. they seem, they have perfect footage of all of these people <laughs> as they're falling down, you know, hurtling through the skies at yeah. ridiculous speeds. Um, and yeah, they, you know, they, they saw everything. They saw oh, uh, swoop just totally, they and unleashed, sw- he unleashed that parachute. I gotta say, I, Kyle Secor swoop. I was not too familiar with Kyle Secor as an actor. I don't know if you guys knew him before this. I loved him, and I wished he was in more stuff. He had great charisma. So yeah, he was great. He was like a lead on Homicide: Life on the Streets. Oh, that's why he's like doesn't have a lot. Because I looked at his and I was like, 
you think after Drop Zone, he'd have a couple more acting credits. But it's like, oh, it turns out he was like on every season of Homicide, Life on the Streets. Yeah. Yeah, he did 122 episodes. So, I mean, not 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 a terrible run at all. Yeah, he's mainly been a TV guy for the most part, but uh, he's great in this yeah, movie. I think he he's legitimately great in this movie. And you like Swoop. I mean, that's like that's like when at the end when they go in after Gary Busey's team, you're like, oh, I really like I hope Jesse and Swoop and Robbie all like make it through yeah. this thing too you like care about them and like wesley's new kind of surrogate family i don't care as much about robbie uh, i'll be honest i didn't have as much of a <laughs> rex lynn uh love set of empathy. yeah he he was very tertiary for me uh on the team and i felt i felt very happy but just as quickly him. as he enters he does get shot <laughs> yeah he gets he gets shot real quick yeah doesn't doesn't die but he does get shot and pretty incapacitated but yeah, basically all this adds up to like this big heist scene at the end of the movie and boy is it good the entire heist sequence when they enter the dea building and wesley's team enters the dea building and uh, jesse hanging from that airplane well i don't know if we've made it totally clear because but the the i mean no you know they were planning on doing it during the skydiving but skydiving is how they execute their crimes they're they're, yeah, they're skydiving true. down into these buildings skydiving out of the buildings it's all it's all skydiving based crime. Yeah. And that's what kind of makes them like stand out in the criminal mm-hmm. world, because there's a lot of different kinds of criminals out there. Very few base their entire all of their jobs also around being excellent skydivers. You're, you're yeah, correct. It's, their own, it, it's basically their only skill as a unit besides, well, they kidnapped a guy who can do anything else. Yeah, they don't have a computer guy. They had to compute. They had to steal a nerd. Yeah, they stole a nerd, and then now they're like, hey, we can do some nerd jobs on top of our skydiving jobs. Yeah. Oh, and the one thing I read is the only actor in this movie who actually did some skydiving was Michael Jeter. Wow. Wow. Good for him. The rest are doubles, which is different because Swayze did about 100 jumps in Point Break. God bless that man. God bless that beautiful man. We'll, we'll see you again soon, Swayze. To Wong Fu, of course, in the next round. But um, yeah, at least it's great stuff. Wesley kind of dispatches everyone with the help of the rest of the team. I did mention, too, there's that great stunt where she's hanging out of the airplane. Oh, yeah. Which That's is really crazy. great. That was really good. I will, one thing in, in the, I, I guess we're jumping around a little bit in, in the uh, fights, but there's a moment right at the, in the middle of the last heist where everybody, although the whole um, Wesley's whole team is down in the DEA building. And I th- he gets the idea. He knows that there's a bad guy on the other side of a door. And he basically just opens the door up to allow his friends to be shot. Like there's a moment where I feel like he could have like kept them free, but then he just kind of lets it happen. And that's how, that's how Rex Lynn gets shot. Maybe that was a little bit of subtext. Like these people have helped me, but I'm still mostly pissed about my brother. Right. And so I'm willing to like let things let like I don't really know Robbie that well. None of us really do, the audience included. So yeah. let's I mean look. like one thing I do like about Wesley <laughs> Snipes in both these movies is that like he'll like punch he'll punch someone in the nuts. He'll kick someone oh, yeah. in the nuts. He'll like he he hits Yancey Butler <laughs> in the beginning. Of the, that was wild. So apparently <laughs> what's interesting is apparently this is like going back a little bit, but apparently the Jesse role is originally a guy. Oh, really? Written to be a man, 
And so they were going to write out the part. So there's a scene in the kind of in the first half of the film where uh, Nancy Butler kind of what happens here? Is he like trick Wesley Snipes into skydiving? Something? So, no, she opens up a trap door on an airplane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's totally fucked but, up. It's not Wesley cool. Snipes is sitting in the uh, as far away from any exit to the airplane as he he's, can be. He's new to skydiving, by the way. Yeah. He hasn't he hasn't skydove before. He doesn't want to. No, he's then, he doesn't like it. And oh. he dropped out of the airplane with no parachute. It's um, totally fucked up. Yeah. Just, and then she kind of and then um the the pilot's like, you should go and get him. She kind of rolls her eyes and is like, All right, I got it. I'll um, I'll prevent him from dying. Fine, Winona Santoro. We'll, I'll get that done for you. I really wish you just said her full name every time. Yeah. Ninja, Bira, Winona Santoro. We need to make it clear. We named this character Winona Santoro. <laughs> but, uh, That's a great name. People need yeah, to know. But, but uh, originally she wasn't going to get... So what happens is like she this that occurs and like she saves Wesley's life. They fall into some swamp water. And, you know, Wesley Snipes' character, it's... <laughs> It's like semi-justified. Like if I was like, I'd be really mad if I was like dropped out of a, you know, a plane uh, without a parachute. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> that's be, a bummer. But uh, so but uh, originally she wasn't like the director was like, ah, we shouldn't you shouldn't get punched in that scene or whatever. But apparently Nancy Butler like wanted to get punched. <laughs> like, oh, she great. Was like, nah, you need to you need to punch like and that's why like her, I guess like I, I don't know, like it was like a badge of honor thing for her. I think it's terrific that it, I think it's a terrific that it's a female character there. I don't think it would have worked as a, like a buddy thing, oh. a typical buddy type thing. It, it gives a more interesting subtext to the relationship between her and Don. That mm-hmm. is, um, but it does also um, clear something up for me because I feel like there is no romantic subplot in this movie between Wesley and uh, and Jesse. Like I feel like their characters don't really have a strong romance connection yeah um, yeah and, and if it was written as a guy then that I, I understand where it was just kind of written to be two people having a good relationship they tiptoe around it not all these movies need that i mean i think that they would have boy that would have looked like a thousand dollars together i mean oh yeah handsome couple great um, i was waiting for it all movie that was yeah. what I, I, I was thinking it was gonna happen but everyone gets good stuff because like swoop gets to do some action stuff at the end jesse gets to fight kara um yeah. and beat the sh- smash her into a copy machine i, I love a good uh, i love it too yeah a copy it machine never gets smash. old mm. yeah and then of course the photocopy has to come out of the dead body it's just <laughs> um it's i mean it's classic stuff of course this all leads up to ty running out of goons <laughs> and kevin pete having a pretty physical battle over some machines and throwing themselves into things a cool mexican standoff yep and then, <laughs> and then they're, they're going at it and they both <laughs> fall out a window and they're falling to the ground. Pete, though, Wesley has an emergency parachute. Ty, unfortunately. No, no, no. No, such luck. No, such luck. <laughs> oh, but anyway. and, and to preface, because uh, so the for all of their heists, they get deuce in a truck. 
Yeah. Um, and they they so they, they land cool in the landing. building. They're getaway driver. They still have yeah. a getaway driver. Right. So they land in the building, do their shit. Then they land in the truck yeah. and they drive away. So he's already shit's so, gone yeah, bad we, for him. He's driving so away. Deuce is driving away. There's cops everywhere. He's like, Jesus, how the hell are we gonna get out of here? <laughs> Luckily, he's driving at the exact same time <laughs> past the building. <laughs> Just uh. as <laughs> Gary Busey <laughs> fucking <laughs> flies through its windshield. Screaming. Screaming. The shot where after so they, they have this real ultra wide shot of Wesley Snipes and Gary Busey falling. Almost majestic, kind of like almost just physics objects. You're not really even thinking of them as human beings. And then just smash got into a close-up of Gary Busey. <laughs> Goes head first through the windshield. He's like an asteroid going through the atmosphere. He's about to catch fire. (laughs) He's coming down so hot. And he he, he, he enters at an angle that allows him to go through the windshield. It's like a damn like spear through the windshield. (laughs) One one billion percent intentional landing from Gary Busey's character in that moment. He was trying to take, he was like, well, I'm done. I don't care about any of my people. I don't care about any of this shit. It was all just for me. I might as well take it out in this moment. I'm going to rock it like a damn bullet through this windshield. Uh, I feel like, dude, gets to like an honorary like uh you know he's in a re- in the real world do should go to hell but i feel like it's god and the devil would give him because like if imagine like the last thing you see before you die <laughs> it, it says was... it, in the wikipedia uh plot line it says simply says luckily pete opens his emergency parachute as ty tumbles to his death Man, he's really burying a, the lead. There. There's so much more that happens <laughs> than that. It's incredible. I, I mean, like you said, I leapt out of my chair yeah, when it yeah. happened. I was just like, and fist did it like a solo fist pump. And I would have given a high five if anyone else had been in the room. It was just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was hooting and hollering. It was it's like, the way you want to see your villain go out. Yes, in the yeah. mo- Like the only one that's like m- close is Malkovich and Con Air. Where mm. he he gets strapped to the the fire truck, thrown through a um uh skywalk, his body flies there, lands in some junkyard on a conveyor belt. He gets drug up the conveyor belt, and then this big rock gets dropped on him. <laughs> yeah, what like the Looney Tunes like send me through the conveyor belt of hell. <laughs> I, I, we need like yeah, I want the 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 stunt coordinator to be Michigan J Frog. Yeah, yeah, it's like again though, this kind of gets back to our time point. These are really fun, and movies should be fun <laughs> that are that are like this. They yeah. should not. Sometimes you don't need to say anything. Sometimes you just need to throw somebody off of a building into the windshield of a car. These movies made me like. I am so tired of every movie just being these this quippy. Like every line is somebody is the writer trying to be like, "Look at me, I'm mm-hmm. funny," and like just do crazy shit. Just yeah. make yeah. just make an insane movie. Talk That's about all stunts, you need to do. weird choices, awesome supporting actors filling out. Yeah, we don't the entire need any- cast. It's way funnier than like oh, I, I saw thought I saw all of these guys yesterday or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm, uh. Looks like I'm gonna be up tomorrow morning. 
with with all these uh aliens around geez did they bring enough aliens (laughs) weird much yeah Yeah. (laughs) uh hashtag we're in trouble jesus christ that wouldn't put a shudder through my spine yeah that that was all uh leaked dialogue from the red notice 2 screenplay (laughs) what i love about like wesley snipes does a lot of stuff that you could call quips but it's stuff that Wesley Snipes thinks is funny and knows is funny. And it's not some writer who's sitting yeah. there and like doesn't know. It's just him, I think, kind of in a live performance kind of way, trying to get a reaction out of the people around him. You know, it's, just, it's and the like, same way how Arnold Schwarzenegger is funny in like the 80s and 90s movies that yes. he was in. It's like you're taking a personality and molding the humor around their personality, not just doing this bland one note humor for everyone. Like, yeah, I agree 100% and everything. And yeah, you don't, you goofball, just completely psychotic villains Mm -hmm. who might not be realistic, but are certainly very fun. I think like, I think like this is like an example of a movie that's like, it's just, it's vibes, man. Like you don't need a plot. This is proof. You don't need a plot. doesn't need to make sense. All you need are like interesting things happening. And well, then just, it like ends with a rock song uh, with silhouettes of skydivers in the sun over the credits where we get to see everyone's great names pop by. And you're like, what a time to be alive. Yeah, you this know? rules. Life is good. Like, <laughs> yeah, life is good. This one, what a, what a terrific film. Yeah, the I 90s were so carefree. The end <laughs> like, of both of these movies had just such. The, uh, we didn't say also Passenger 57, the end credit song, yeah. Redi- too high. So good. They, yeah. They've done. They've done great things with these movies. The vibes are just great. You feel good front to back. It's it's uh even when somebody's flying out of completely <laughs> innocents are getting murdered left to right, flying out of the windows. We're all having fun. Yeah, and we, we should know too, director of this uh drop zone, pros pro, John Badham, who directed um his breakthrough movie was Saturday Night Fever in 77, Ooh. but also did movies like Blue Thunder, War Games, Short Circuit. Stakeout, Bird on a Wire, The Hard Way, Point of No Return, another Stakeout, Nick of Time. <laughs> um, I mean, none of those movies are going to, maybe Saturday Night Fever, but none of those movies are going to win you, you know, laurels and say you've changed America. But no. all of them were really fun rentals for my family in the 1990s, oh, yeah. at the yeah. very least. We watched almost all of those movies growing up when I was a kid, and we liked every single one of them and there should just be yeah there should be mid there should be mid-tier movies it should not be just strange indies or utter like gigantic blockbusters we should get mid-tier movies where weird things are allowed to happen children of future generations should be able to relive like the vibes of like our youths or like my like you know because when you watch like a drop set for me it's like it brings me like back like Percy. It brings back Percy memories of like, you know, having shitty Pizza Hut pepperoni yeah. lovers pizza and like get writing a, vid- a, a random action movie at Hollywood video and then playing Super Smash Brothers on the N64 with three of my like grade school friends for like five hours. And going to school the next day and just like saying, dude, I just watched this skydiving movie with Wesley Snipes. It was fucking awesome. Yeah. And to go going beat by beat with your friends because they probably rented it too because there was nothing else to do. We want all the kids to be able to play Drop Zone in the 
the park. You know, they're fighting yeah. each other. They're like, I want to be Ty Moncrief. I, no, I know I'm, I'm Ty Moncrief. <laughs> yeah, but I get swoop. I get yeah. swoop. Yeah, that, that would have been I, that would have been like your cool friend who probably started smoking too much weed in high school was the one who wanted to be swoop oh, in like fourth oh, grade. For sure. Yeah. And it's like, why do I always have to be deuce? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Nobody wants to be deuce. Nobody wants to be deuce. Remember when I was a kid, the big one everybody played on the playground was Miami Vice. It was based on TV series. I'm a little, obviously I'm older than you guys, but um, (laughs) everyone, like it was this knockdown drag out fight to be Don Johnson. (laughs) And everyone's like, no, you get to be Tubbs. It's like, no, I don't want to be Tubbs. I want to be Crockett. But guess what? In retrospect, as an adult, guess who's also really fucking cool? Tubbs. So Jamie Foxx is Tubbs in the movie. So he's gotta be cool. He's cool. cool if you're played yeah. by the Fox. Yeah, he's hella cool. I mean, Crockett's really cool. The Don Johnson's really cool in the 1980s. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, did you guys um, do any of these kind of like go to school after everybody sees a cool movie and I get to be this character, I get to be this character? You know what? I never did that really as a kid. It was more like I had like friends that we would play, I think like Buffy the Vampire. It was like, me and like a friend were like it was always like one of my friends would be a vampire and then she'd be like Buffy and then I would be like a different character every time like I'd be like a robot or an alien or a, that was like the only that's the only thing beyond like beyond that we never like played Space Jam or mm. Dragon Ball Z or whatnot in the in the park that oh you know I feel like we did Pokemon stuff a lot I don't know yeah. <clears throat> the other one we did was uh, we did Jurassic Park play mm. Jurassic Park. That's I was always I, I always chose Gold Bloom. Gave me a chance to take off my shirt and lay around. <laughs> a great time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I was too busy. I was playing uh and spending a lot of money on Magic the Gathering mm. um for for most of the time where I could have been doing those things. So I was um you know not using my imagination instead of using my uh my hard earned money uh to to give me fun fantasy situations. Understand that I, I think I'm a little older than you guys, and I think oh, I know I'm a little older. I think I can do the math. Um, but <laughs> um, forty-seven. Yeah, that'd be a great oh, surprise. Surprise! <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Michael old. Jeter. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm surprised. I'm Michael it's Jeter. me. <laughs> I've been doing this with Michael Jeter the whole time. Oh my god! But no, but you guys had far more high-end distractions. Yeah. yeah, I was I like the last really generation before, um, like computer. Like we had like the, you know the computer that had a word processor. When I was growing up, that was pretty. Like it wasn't until I was in high school that the internet really had taken off. So elementary school, we it's a lot of being left to your own devices to come up with shit. Yeah, I, I think we were the first generation that never really had to have an imagination if we <laughs> yeah. didn't want to. Like, we could just kind of get away without it. It would be, you know, there was enough other stuff that you can kind of not need it anymore. Yeah, we would do things like we had the Nerf guns. We'd, t- we'd, tune down, we'd turn down the lights in my basement and build all of these, like, barriers and stuff like that. And we'd be so patient in our Nerf gun battles that... um They'd go on for like five hours oh without a break and maybe two shots fired. <laughs> like, where you would just be it's like, like World War One style. Care- yeah, <laughs> carefully hunting each other. <laughs> wow. It was, yeah, we were, it was, boy, you know, now that I'm like older and have a job and the baby and all this other stuff, it's like, 
have that kind of time, what a miraculous day oh, that would man. be. You know, For just, sure. And then in the night, rent ourselves a VHS copy of Drop Zone, crack a couple Cokes, order some Domino's pizza. We've got a good night ahead of us. Ooh, that's way Saturday, way maybe. before they had they had fixed their pizzas and they were still just... Uh, oh, they were still bad. But yeah. also... There wasn't the, there wasn't a lot of good pizza out there. No, it was pretty much just Domino's and pizza or Little Caesars if you're crazy. Yeah, you're going, a wild going, a little, going a little wild with one of those. But yeah, I, I agree. These both these movies kind of bring back almost like a. You're right. Like there's almost like a Proustian element of like, ah, to be a child and just watch, yeah. watch bad, watch the bad behavior of Gary Busey. Before I understood why his actions were horrid. Yeah, yeah, and you're just like he's bad. Wesley Snipes is good and awesome. Let's have a good time. Let's yeah. boy. You know, let's. We should probably get to our Harrelsons here now that we've uh, taken that road down memory lane. Uh, Adam, this season instead of the um, Tucci's, we're doing the Harrelsons. Woody Harrelson, one of um, Wesley's great co-stars. I forgot to yeah. mention too. Uh, originally attached to Star and Drop Zone to bring us full circle, really? Steven Seagal. <laughs> but uh, oh, Seagal, man. what a what a bullet dodged. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a bummer of a movie that would have been. Harlot. <laughs> yeah, when he punches Jesse, it's a lot less fun. It's a yeah. lot more like. Ugh. Yeah, this, <laughs> oh, is no. just, this is just horrible. Yeah, like, I think Steven Zagal is actually mad at Yancey Butler right now. Like, I think yeah. this is not a character. <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah, he tries to. I don't think I jumped out of a plane here. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd probably just probably just cry. You know, shoot him. You know, beat him up with this bowling bowling ball. <laughs> I don't know. With the bowling ball. Him with the bowling ball. I know Gary. Kind of like Gary like and this, together. He knows I, me. I love that Steven Seagal's like accent is like do Marlon Brando in The Godfather, but stupider. With no vulnerability whatsoever. Yeah. Just be an yeah. asshole. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So to get but Woody Harrelson, of course, co-starred with Wesley Snipes and White Men Can't Jump and Money Train, wonderful charisma and chemistry together. We got a lot of options this week across both films on who you want to give a Woody Harrelson out to. Patrick, I'm going to start let you start things off, though. Oh, man. You know what? There's so many good choices. Uh, yeah. You can give it to Michael. You can give it. There's so many people I want to give it to. But you know what? I'm going to give it to I'm going to give it to Yancey Butler in Drop Zone. Mm. She was really fun uh, in a role that could have been really one note and boring. And she did a lot of. There were just a lot of insane moments that uh, she brought to life on screen. Yeah. Like her getting revenge, like her just her by herself getting revenge on time on Creed's game. Uh, she just, yeah, she had like a renegade energy that I, uh, I, I really enjoyed. So Yancey Butler, you got my Harrelson. 100%. How about you, Adam? Um, you know, I, I, I mentioned him before. Um, I think he, he, passed before his time in this movie but i think malcolm jamal warner <laughs> was a great scene partner for wesley snipes while he was around Ooh. um and uh yeah i think he and and just he was good enough that i was fully unprepared when he died i had no i was not i like i in the moments before it happened i was like oh he's really far out of the plane i guess he's actually gonna die um that's <laughs> too bad i had a really good time with them yeah and um 
Yeah, I think I think he had a I think he had, did a great job, and really the two of them played so well together. Yeah, um, I, th- I think you make a good point there too that he has to prove important to us as audience to to understand Pete's mission for the next hour and a half. Yeah, um, and a great job. Want want to get revenge just as bad as Pete? Now, as much as I'd like to give it to Rex Lynn, who I've made my feelings about very clear, I gotta go with Kyle Secor's swoop. Ooh, yeah. I love Swoop. I wanted more Swoop. I think he was so he was fun. He kind of was the only one I bought as a guy who lived this lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> Not that that's a bad thing at all. But, um, For sure. Yeah. But he kind of like because I think he kind of felt like one of the guys in Point Break. too. Yes. You know, you know. I think it's very indicative of the differences between these movies that we chose all three of them from Drop Zone. <laughs> Yeah, because I just think that this movie, like you said before, it really lets the other people shine more. Um, and and there's just these weirdo roles played by weirdos that are just given full reign to do whatever they want to do. It's another and, thing uh, we've we've noticed too in a few of these movies, Patrick. Um, Wesley Snipes does let himself kind of more so than even like Arnold when Arnold's teamed with big stars or whatever kind of drift into the ensemble yeah a little bit more than yeah, some of his uh action brethren you know like because i mean we you know talk about major league talk about the fan to wong fu mm-hmm. new jack city somewhat he, he he does loom pretty large in new jack city um and i think that could you know who knows if that's going to affect our vote here but patrick i'm gonna give it to you i mean this is a tough contest two movies we've really loved just as fans mm-hmm. uh but one of them has to move on you know it's uh, these are both really fun movies like and they're truly like what i love about these movies is that you could like re- with only minor tweaks in both films you could replace <laughs> wesley snipes's characters with mcgruber <laughs> like these could both be MacGruber films, like, and I love like, and they're just like that. There's like that level of like, um, kind of goofiness in both of them, mm-hmm. and light, and it's and it, there's it's just it's really splendid. It's great. It's enjoyable. Um, I'm gonna have to give it to Passenger Fifty Seven just because, uh, as Adam pointed out, like Drop Zone, uh, might even be a movie I enjoy slightly more because of it's just larger in scope and there's more like chaos in that film perhaps than Passenger 57 but I think Drop Zone truly is an ensemble piece and uh, I think pass- uh, and I think Passenger 57 kind of just gives Snipes a little more to work with you get a little more action here you get a you get a few more like classic one liners um, and uh, it's it's you know, it's just a strong. Uh, it's a. I think it's just the um, the Wesley Snipes performance that uh, he just he just gets a little more in that film. So that's why I'm giving it to to Passenger Fifty Seven. Uh, mm. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I I agree with you on a lot of your points, and I think he's just even beyond that. Passenger Fifty Seven kind of is him stating, "I'm a huge movie star." Oh, for sure. And it's a it's a defining it's one of his defining roles. He he shows off kind of while like the performance elements maybe we saw in movies like New Jack City or Tu Wong Fu or um, Sugar Hill. 
even. He might have a little bit more depth and a little bit more angles to go off of. This is just pure, unadulterated movie star charisma. And that counts, if you ask me, when it comes to performance. Um, he's doing a lot of that in Drop Zone. But again, we kept talking about the ensemble in Drop Zone because they he he plays it pretty straight in a lot of these movies. And for some reason, they surround him with lunatics in a lot of these <laughs> movies. And it's such a delight as movie fans to watch that. But it does cause him to recede a little bit he does not recede at all in passenger 57 whether he's kicking ass or whether he's talking shit to the good old boys um he gets his best lines maybe in passenger 57 he delivers them perfectly like just trailer moment after trailer moment so i gotta i gotta vote for passenger 57 as well despite loving drop zone too oh for sure wow um you know i i feel um i was able to sway Patrick's vote clearly into Passenger 57's uh, direction. Um, it's all locked up at this point. It's 2-0. No matter what vote I make here, um, I think it will be Passenger 57 moving on. Um, and so almost in a form of protest, I'm going to be voting for Demolition Man um, as my choice. What? Oh, he's um, the Joker. He's the damn Joker. I'm the bad boy. Um, <laughs> And I am going to issue another call out to uh, to both of you um, that, first of all, if, if Demolition Man doesn't win its, its, uh, its first appearance, you're insane. And second of all, if I am not invited on to one of the subsequent performances <laughs> where Demolition Man will make its way all the way to the championships of the Snipes uh, tournament, then you are both uh, a complete and total cowards. That is my vote. <laughs> Um, in in this week's uh, decision, just, Adam wow. just took off a, a white glove and slapped his uh, computer monitor at us. Passenger fifty seven moves on, but not without controversy, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'd say uh, passenger fifty seven, Patrick, another contender mm-hmm. emerging in this tournament. Oh, like, for sure. We met last week. New Jack City really announced itself as a power in the tournament, but Passenger 57 making a statement as well. Boy, um, moving on to our game of the week. Patrick, would you like to introduce this one? Oh, yes, I would. Uh, so this game, it's Bushido Blade, uh, named after the uh, famous video game uh, Bushido Blade and a tongue-in-cheek reference to the hit film Blade starring Wesley Snipes. Uh, Good you know, explanation. Oh, thank you. Uh, Adam, guess what? You've uh, just got a hit call, got a call from someone. Uh, a, hit in the call. Video, a hit call from someone in the video game industry, and they're like, Adam, baby, uh, Bubula. It's the guy from Die Hard. It's 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 the sleazy man from Die Hard. Ellis. Ellis. Okay. Ellis. Ellis. Ellis is calling you. Ellis from Die Hard. He works for Activision now. He works for Activision. Yes, he works for Activision. Recently mm-hmm. bought by Microsoft. Uh, it's a Rolex. <laughs> it's a Nintendo Switch. Nintendo Switch. <laughs> yeah, he was wearing. Show, show him the Nintendo Switch. It's an OLED Switch. We do coke off of it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> And so he's like, you "Have got- your white knight." <laughs> More ways than one. Um, God bless that man. What a oh, performance for sure. Mm. Uh, just a great, a hero, a hero worthy performance. But uh, yeah, Ellis is calling, and he's like, "Hey, man, you can uh, create any 
uh, video game you want, in- infinite funding, whatever, go to town, but it has to be based on a Wesley Snipes film. Which, what, what video game would you like to craft and what, and what Snipes film would you like to base it on? Well, I'm sure all of the listeners are assuming um, based on my experience here that it would either be one of the two movies we mentioned <laughs> or uh, Demolition Man. As I previously said, that was the only other Wesley Snipes film That's I've seen. true. Yes. But I did realize during the course of this uh, recording, I have seen Major League as well. And as soon as you said it, I was like, that's the one. I think Major League would be a great video game. Oh, my Um, God. Like a backyard baseball? I think it's almost more of a sim game. Like, I think you have to you're um, what's his name? Corbin Burnson. Or, you know, you're the you're the manager of the team and you got to just keep all these knuckleheads in line. You know, (laughs) you got to you got to make sure that they're doing the things they need to do. It'd be very controversial. It'd be one of those games that ESPN would poo-poo and Major League Baseball poo-poo because it's like you got to win games, but you also like have to hide strippers or yeah. something like that. Sometimes <laughs> there's like weird mini games like hide the stripper. Like your your third baseman is taking too much amphetamines. What are you gonna do about it? Yeah, um, you, you have to convince your star pitcher to start wearing glasses. Yeah, um, <laughs> things of that nature. Yeah. Um, you know, you, there's religious elements too mm-hmm. i mean is it christianity or is it joe boo and voodoo mm. and you got to choose for your team like what is your team's like yeah. religion choice you yeah. know how are you going to how are you going to stack your team is, yeah, like, is, is it like crusader kings almost yeah like... it's a crusader kings-esque kind of simulation game where you're given the cleveland indians uh the fictionalized cleveland indians for major league and it's kind of a let's see how you're able to where where do things go from here? It's one of the, it's one of those games too that I imagine takes eighty plus hours. Oh complete. yeah, Something no, you that, can spend yeah. the rest of your life playing Major League. You could yeah. you could you don't need it. It's one of those you don't need another game games. It's kind of the Synecdoche, New York of mm-hmm. uh, the video games. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like that Mister Show sketch where. Uh, Bob Odenkirk and David Cross get into a fight in a bar, inadvertently marry each other out of rage, and then one of them dies, and he thinks he's in the bar, and he's like, "Oh no, my life!" Like, <laughs> yeah. one Which of those I, type of games. I'll throw this is a hypothetical throwdown, but if you ever do do a Philip Seymour Hoffman tournament, I know Patrick uh, has previously voiced yeah. a lot of misgivings about synecdoche new york i love that film and i would love yeah, to come this came up to... the last time you were on so we, we do we do need to have you on maybe just for a one-off to discuss yeah this. just to, just to just to get patrick you know in the right headspace because he's wrong about this i was yeah i mean to be fair i was 18 when i watched it or 19 i was a i was a young buck perhaps i was just you know something about like i think the film had an obsession with scat which i was like a film should not be obsessed with maybe scat. you were just not ready to really lean into the disappointments of adult life yeah <laughs> i was as a as a movie it is could not be on the opposite spectrum more than what we have watched this yeah. week um, <laughs> the antithesis of passenger 57 it is not fun no um, there's nothing fun about it but it's a great movie it's a yeah. great film oh i agree yeah. it sounds like a great video game i would I, I don't really play a lot of video games but i would i would do that how about you patrick oh man uh I would love to do a drop zone. Uh, hear me out. A drop zone, uh, like tactical RPG, like an like a, like a Fire Emblem, okay, or an Advance Wars. But it's so what it is is like you'd be getting 
So have you ever played like a tactics game, Don, like a Final Fantasy Tactics or like uh, or, or, an, or or a Fire Emblem game? I I no. 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 So basically, it's <laughs> totally fair. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You're, you're, you've lived. You, this is why you have a child and I don't. <laughs> 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 but it's like I, I would love to get like a, a, a like a sweet, like almost like a sweet akin type thing where you're you're collecting your like motley crew of drop zone parachuters, and they each have mm-hmm. these weird character arcs and like quirks, and if one of them dies. In a in an air com in a in a drop in a in an air combat fight, you know, in you know yeah. Skylaw, if they're fighting, somebody, in, mm, they're permanently you know, gone from your team. If somebody sneaks in and, and snaps off their uh, rope, oh yeah, uh, yeah, kiss Sally goodbye. He's no longer. That's the thing. It's yeah. every every character they they're 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 if they're gone, it's permanent. Yeah. So that's what I would love to do. Just a ridiculous like J, JRPG drop zone. So, that sounds good. Mine, mine's a rather simple one. Um, <laughs> we are with the ladies of Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Oh, hell yeah. They are on a ragtag journey through the American South. And you have to drop into small towns and um, help out, help them discover their progressive mindsets. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. But... You just, you, <laughs> Look out for Sheriff Dollard. Chris Penn is chasing you down in each town and don't get caught by him or and then also um, other, you know, issues, you know, if you feed Virgil spicy food, um, you could have a real problem there. But yeah. it's, it's basically a little bit more like, OK, we met them on one adventure through the south. But knowing these three, how many more towns do they pop into and really um, change some lives? shake things up yeah yeah and you have to once you defeat a racist cop in each a racist or bigoted cop in each town um then you lead a dance party and then you move on to the next level oh man it sounds like i'm playing a game now called chicory and one of the great parts of this game is that uh it's like a giant coloring book so you can like color so I'm imagining that element's an aspect of it. Every you literally just color the town any way it, you want. Yeah, but it's kind of an eight-bit thing. It's like Mario, oh, and like you that. could pick Noxima, Vita, or Chi-Chi. Ooh! But if you have uh, two controllers, because this this game was only ever released on NES, ah, uh, you could grab one of the other ladies and you could play with a friend. Oh, that's cool. cool. It's like Double Dragon. How about that? Well, like double drag. Yeah. <laughs> you beat up bigots and you high five townspeople who are willing to put on some sequins. Yep. You can punch it. that wall, get a meat. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And you like, um, you know, bash a box and a Robert Mitchum headshot comes out or something like that. <laughs> That's the hell. That's the hell. That's instead of hearts. It's, it's headshots of Robert Mitchum. Yes. Yeah, headshots of Robert Mitchum. You get to meet fun, like fun old ladies hand you like pies to um, get your health back love it yeah yeah and then um oh and um you're always sent on your journey by john jacob jingleheimer schmidt played by robin williams doing voice, I voice need work the, there game. must be like a uh, there must be like an 8-bit uh picture of robin williams's face there must be like yeah. hook, hook the video game someone someone out there someone just make make, uh, make us an 8-bit to wong fu yes please get on this konami yeah <laughs> it's just like double dragon Except it's with Maxima Vita and Chi Chi. Hell yeah. Simple. <laughs> yeah. That's my game. Um, Adam, thank you so much for joining us this week. You're a troublemaker, but we love you. 
Yes. Thank you for having me back on. I uh, love to make trouble here. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a delight uh, every time. I'm nothing but trouble, um, but uh, mm, <laughs> this is a great jump. place to make it. Yeah. <laughs> Old Mr. Bone Stripper. <laughs> someday we'll get there. Someday we'll one get to day. nothing but we'll, trouble. We'll do the Dan Aykroyd bracket one day. The yeah. fabled Dan oh Aykroyd bracket. And the winner is Dr. Detroit. <laughs> does Dan Aykroyd have enough films to do a whole bracket? I bet he does. But it would, we it get would, in. We get into some weird ones, though. You would have to. Yeah, we'd be watching Spies Like Us. Or that's you know that would. Why would we be complaining about that? We'd be getting some Chevy too. Mm, it's <laughs> true. A little chase on the side. I mean, Dan Aykroyd was in a lot of. He was in a lot of movies. Yeah. Um, but, but was, the 80s was, into the nineties. But how many movies was it? A, were there Dan Aykroyd films though? You know, like a I mean? Dan Aykroyd mm. joint. Yeah, um, I mean, too many. you start with the Blues Brothers. Yep. Yeah. Um, Doctor Detroit, Trading Conehead. Places, Ghostbusters. Okay, you can do uh, it. Yeah, Spies Like can... Us, Dragnet, Great Outdoors. My stepmother is an alien. He was nominated for an Academy Award for Driving Miss Daisy. Wow, uh, that's insane. I Ghostbusters wanna... Two, My Girl, um, Nothing But Trouble. Naturally, <laughs> I am like Patrick, one of your favorite sneakers. Sneakers, hell yeah! He just plays himself in that movie. I'm just convinced that's just him. <laughs> He's in Tommy Boy. Just give us an excuse to watch Tommy Boy. <laughs> that's true. Hey, gross point blank. He's yeah, great. He's good. Gross. Yeah, he's good, man. Yeah, that's like the last. That might be like his last. Uh, that might be his last good role, unfortunately. Yeah, well, I mean, he's selling Skull Vodka, which is yeah, he's yeah, busy. Yeah. He's got he, no, he's got enough going on now. Yeah. He he's kind of gone down that road of a few celebrities who decide they're going to become alien people, like yeah. really like alien expertise. I like him though. Oh, you know, yeah. apparently, um, he's quite good friends with Quentin Tarantino, and um, <laughs> he, Tarantino shared this story that after he saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he got a text the next morning from Aykroyd. After Aykroyd watched it, he goes, <laughs> "He really put he really gave those hippies some fucking shit, didn't you?" <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah he brought um they showed blues brothers the new bev at midnight a couple years ago and tarantino brought Aykroyd with him cool to the screening which is very cool i wish i had been there <laughs> that would have been groovy uh but adam thank you again you know we'll, we'll bring you back for the dan Aykroyd season if not sooner <laughs> yes <laughs> uh is there anything you want to plug on the way out um yeah uh, i'll plug uh you know patrick and i uh mm. are working on a on a podcast together get out of um, town are you cheating on me just a little bit just a little bit we're in an, uh, we're in an open relationship yeah. <laughs> yeah uh nothing available as of yet um but uh we're we're making a podcast about the anime berserk um which i'm sure has a huge crossover with everything going on here um there's been brought of- up before at the very least mm-hmm. well that's good um it's uh, that's something uh yeah we're we're working on that uh stay stay on the lookout for that in the future i'm sure patrick will talk about it awesome i can't wait to hear it we can the um academy academy podcast network yes (laughs) dollar my eyeballs just turned into damn dollar signs look the fuck out crooked media we're coming for you (laughs) we're gonna Uh, eat shit john lovett
Yeah, the Johns are going down. Yeah, John, uh, all the people named after semi, like you know, John Lovett, uh, yeah. the, the guy, John Favreau. Yeah, yeah. They, I've been wanting to punch those guys in the face for a while. I think they need it. We're bringing them. We're bringing that. We're bringing that violent thunder. We learned yeah. a thing or two this week watching Snipes. Oh yeah, kick them right in the chest. Yeah. <laughs> kick them hey, right in the damn chest. I'd 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 rather listen to a damn podcast starring the other John Favreau and John Lovitz. Yeah, ask me. I bet they got some stuff to say to each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like probably just like uh, uh, I'm tired. Yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, what are we? What, what are we doing? What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, what are we doing here? I'm sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Another yeah, another wild one. We expected it. Passenger Fifty Seven moves on. Uh, that is the first half of the first round. Of the snipes bracket we are flying we are flying through this Exciting. tournament it's been a blast uh next week though we are taking a brief snipes break at long last patrick and i will be counting down our top 10 films of 2021 Ooh. patrick how many movies you got left to watch uh, like 50 or some, <laughs> yeah. something insane like <laughs> i've narrowed it down to five and that seems daunting <laughs> oh god yeah i'm like uh uh, looking at lists like you know the lists on uh, metacritic of people's top 10 it's like oh man i guess i do have to go to the alamo and watch drive my car everyone's saying it's like the best <laughs> film of all time uh, gonna have to find three hours of my day yeah you gotta but we'll be talking about that next week will drive my car will patrick see it mm. will he drive his car to go see it will he yeah. see it and will he like it mm. who's to say but we'll for it for adam for patrick I'm Don. We will see you next week with that countdown. Yes. Number one movie of the year, of course. Uh, free Guy. Free Guy, yes. Yeah, yes. Uh, am I flying now? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so.